I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this new episode of the podcast. I hope you're doing well. Yes, a brand new episode. I think this is episode number 856, and it's been released hot on the heels of the last episode, which uh, arrived uh, on Wednesday morning. And I think this is being published on like Friday the 8th of December or Saturday the 9th of December. And you might be, who knows, maybe you're listening to this like years into the future and you just absolutely don't care when it was published. But anyway, this has been released quite quickly after the last episode. And why? What's going on? Well, I'm publishing several episodes per week for the next couple of weeks just because uh, well, I've just got lots of stuff. I've got lots of episodes that uh, need to be published. And some of them are fairly time sensitive, like this one, for example. This is a conversation with my brother, James, about music. And if you remember in the last episode that I did with James, it was called Topic Tombola. We talked about different topics. During that episode, James said that he was about to have an album released on a label, like a properly released album of music. Uh, well, that's happened. In fact, it was uh, released on Touched Revolutions, that's the record label, last Friday, that's the 1st of December. And so that's what we're going to talk about in this episode, because when artists release new work, right, for example, when Leonardo DiCaprio has got a new film out, or Taylor Swift has got a new album out, they do a promotional tour and they appear on all the TV shows and all the major podcasts talking about their latest work. That's what's happening here, except it's not Taylor Swift or Leonardo DiCaprio. It's much more interesting than that. It's my brother, James. And in an attempt to promote his album, He's using all available options that he has, which is basically this, pod <laughs> this podcast, I think. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the album, but we'll also explore the subject of music a little bit, including some descriptions of how James actually makes his music, and then probably some stuff about albums, favourite albums, first albums, and stuff like that, okay? So um, it's, it's, a, it's a fairly big deal to have an album released on a label. Now, obviously, this is a podcast for learners of English, but, you know, I like to talk about lots of different topics. Music is definitely one of those subjects. And... Um, so, hello, James. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me on here again. It's a pleasure. I went on Grammy uh, then for a second. Thanks for th having me on here again. Thanks for having me on the podcast again. Um, we we no, both did actually speak with a Birmingham accent, or a, a, more of a Coventry accent, possibly. 
Did we? Do you think so? Did there's we... clips. There's clips of you definitely speaking like that. This, yeah, it used to sound a bit like that, didn't I? You know, it sort of used to come out a bit more sort of Midlands sort of thing. It's not full on Brummy, but yeah, sort of like that West Midlands Coventry sort of accent. Yeah, maybe, maybe I used to sound a bit more like that. It was more high pitched. It was more. Go on, give us a go. <laughs> when I was about thirteen or something. Oh, he gives a go on that. Oh, he gives a go on that Game Boy. Yeah, yeah that's more like it. Anyway, yeah. sorry to. Start no, that's that. that's all right. Actually, on on the subject of voices and stuff, I did get a couple of comments recently. I was trying to find them just before recording this, but I couldn't find them. But a couple of comments saying stuff like, "I really like James's voice, and it's always nice to have James on the podcast." Um, I got an email from a Japanese listener who said, "I love listening to episodes with James." So that's nice, isn't it? Look, you see, people people like listening to you on the podcast. Anyway, congratulations on having an album released on a label thanks how does does it feel uh good slightly strange Uh, i mean it's it's a big deal it's not that big a deal but it is something i've I've sort of been aiming for for a while Mm. or Mm. hoping for so yeah it's very i'm very um appreciative yeah absolutely what's the album called again and what kind of music is it it's called mood selector for no good reason apart from that's a really bad pun Right, because you said you said this before, like mode selector, but no mood selector. Ah. Ooh, it doesn't really mean much, but it's just one of those punny sort of album titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a nice ring to it, I think. Yeah, and the, your artist right, right number of syllables, right number of syllables. It's just not too long, not too short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Mood selector. Yeah, okay. Maybe the, the, the syllable count uh, is Counts important. Counts in favour, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I, kind of music is it? It's electronic music. I suppose you could say it's techno to some extent, or ambient techno, or even electronica. Hold on a second, James. Is- Sorry to interrupt you, James. I just forgot to mention this earlier. I'm expecting the delivery of a package, and the guy is calling me. So I'm just just hold on. Let me just pause the okay. podcast. Shall I, shall I talk to the people while you? If, uh, if you like, yeah, you can keep doing that. But I'm going to just disappear for a bit to try and get this package. Okay. Okay. In a bit. What do we think this package is? I'm going to put money on a book. But who knows? He doesn't really buy music anymore. Doesn't you know? He's gone completely uh, digital. Streams his music. Doesn't own any physical media. So unlikely to be music or DVD. Um, could be some clothes. Actually, he's quite a big clothes fan. Everything Luke owns is made by Levi's. Uh, from his socks right through to his scarf, all hundred percent Levi's. And maybe a Beatles T-shirt. Uh, that's Luke's kind of style, if you want to try and copy at home. He's coming back. I hear footsteps. I'm going to say it's clothes, actually. He doesn't read that many books. Likelihood of clothes, 5 to 1, 10 to 1, 5 to 1. I'm going to put a 5 or... Oh, no, I'm going to put a tenner, an imaginary tenner on it being something clothes-related. Anyway, how are you doing? I basically asked Luke if we could do this episode because uh, I sort of felt... The need to promote this thing. And not that it's a chore. It's always nice. In fact, sometimes I wish we didn't have to do the podcast. We could just have a chat for an hour. I mean, we do that anyway, but it's a bit sort of, you know, 
it's not quite the same as having a normal non-recorded chat. I'll tell you about what I can see in front of me now. I'm in the attic of uh, the house where I live, which is a sort of office slash music space. It's very untidy. There's a poster of Tommy Guerrero on the wall from his album Soulful Takaria. And there's a camera, there's drumsticks, there's a load of tapes. I bought a tape deck recently, actually. This is fascinating, I'm sure, for all of you out there. If Luke cuts this, I wouldn't blame him. So I'm surrounded by tapes, bits of office equipment. And what, what was it? Was it clothes? Oh. What was the parcel? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm totally out of breath because I just had to run down four flights of stairs and then run back up cold, holding a large box. It's, um, it's nothing particularly interesting, just... Whew, I should be physically fit considering the number of stairs I go up and down every single day. Living up on the fourth floor with no lift and my podcast room is on the sixth floor with no lift. So I'm constantly up and down stairs all the time. Let me just get my breath back here. Hold on. Was it clothes? No. Bollocks. What, you thought it was clothes? I, was, I put money on the fact that it was be clothes. How much money did you put on it? Ten pounds. What, you went on to like, what, sort of like bet, bet, what, what we call betfred.com? Bet Luke's delivery, I don't know. Um, no, no, not just clothes. An imagine, just an imaginary tenor. No, 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 not clothes. Not clothes. It was actually something just very boring, really, that's probably no one's going to be very interested in, in uh, learning about, but just something for me, just like podcast-related audio equipment that I probably don't even need... But, um, oh, your compressors and stuff. Yeah, things like that. Again, which I, I don't really need. Mm. I mean, since we're talking about geeky audio tech type stuff, I suppose I could go into it. But at the moment, you know, my microphone goes into a little mixer and that helps me balance the sound. And then it goes into my recording device. And what I just bought today, maybe because like the other day I was just a bit, I was a bit bored at, at a bit of a loose end in front of my laptop, which is a bit of a dangerous thing, isn't it? Sometimes when you consider how easy it is to just blow loads of cash at the click of a button. And that's pretty much exactly what I did. I was like, right, I'm going to invest in this and this and this. So I bought some stuff that's going to basically help me to produce possibly even better sound quality. But I, what I expect, I've got in the back of my mind, I expect that I'm going to connect all of this gear up together and plug it all in, and it's going to sound almost exactly the same as it sounded before, maybe slightly louder. You know what they say, <laughs> that the sound quality sort of is a big steep... Is it a steep gradient? So, like, the, it's very easy at the bottom end to make improvements. Mm -hmm. So if you've got terrible sound quality, it's quite easy to get it pretty good mm. but then to get from pretty good upwards is very very slow progress like right. at the end at the end of that chain you can spend a lot of money to get something sounding slightly better yes 
Yes, yes. Very gradual, incremental yeah. uh, improvements in quality, even though you're investing probably quite a lot of money at the, at the top end. It's a bit like learning, uh, learning English, I suppose. At the very beginning, you sort of put a certain amount of time in and you seem to make large uh, steps, you know, if, if large improvements, lots of progress at the start. And then at some point you start to plateau. And even when you put in a similar amount of effort and time, the progress that you make... Um, is is not quite as large as it was before so yeah that's it that's what's going on but you know i've got i've got various different um, ways in which i record my audio and the the audio that listeners that you're listening to today is just being recorded on two usb microphones just plugged directly into our computers and then recorded over like a sort of a a sort of zoom type situation. So I don't know, this, this is like in terms of investment, this is like the cheapest, one of the cheapest ways, just a simple USB microphone is actually quite affordable, but then the very high end, which will be eventually when I've set all this stuff up in my podcasting room, in my podcastle, that's going to be the more expensive end. But who knows, you know, maybe most listeners probably just listening on a pair of earbuds on a bus somewhere. You probably can't really tell the difference. But anyway, for me, I, I enjoy playing with all that tech and all that gear. I like it. I mean, the BBC um, has very expensive compressors and stuff. And people sometimes say, well, A, the BBC signal's strong. And sometimes when you taped a song off the radio, when you heard the actual song, it didn't sound as good. Mm. Like it sounds better on the radio because they have all these expensive compressors and you know boosters and saturators and things. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they, the, the DJs use on their voices as well. I think Tim Westwood used to use a hell of a lot of processing on his voice to make himself sound really deep and like I'm, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm basically going to sound like a, a, a god. You know, like a sort of. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to sound like some sort of. Um, anglo-saxon god of some sort like the god of well, we've already got the god of thunder that's thor isn't it and and his dad odin who was the, the god, god of, of you could be the god of fidelity <laughs> the god of high fidelity or i thought i could be the god of another type of weather we've got the god of thunder maybe i could be the god of like wind or something Dr drizzle the god, the god of drizzle yeah the god of just a, a bit of rain just like pat the god of patchy rain sunshine and showers <laughs> anyway anyway what did you talk about while i was running up and down the stairs it was pretty boring i think you should cut it out i was just musing on what what you were buying oh really you, you buy a lot of levi's products and it was probably something <laughs> levi's related i actually bought a pair of levi's jeans and a sweatshirt from levi's uh yes yesterday in fact yesterday. Not, i was close yeah <laughs> pretty good pretty close pretty close prediction um so i was just saying that so your, your music then this album it's electronic music electronic dance music edm as it's sometimes called right do you favor are, are you okay with that term I suppose. I mean, uh, it was never never a term when I was growing up. It seems to be a new term coined by Americans. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But, you know, in the music no, industry... It's, it's fine. It's, 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 you know, explains what it's saying. Because if you just say dance music, that could mean anything, couldn't it? So, because mm. there's lots of different types of dance music. So, it could be like yeah. flamenco, couldn't it? Yeah, it's, it's fairly inoffensive, I suppose. I mean, it used to be IDM was a thing when I was not growing up but before edm i heard of idm which is like intelligent dance music Ooh. intelligent dance music Whoa. it sounds a bit pretentious How do you dance intelligently 
I don't know. I, I don't. I don't dance intelligently. I can say <laughs> I that. You're much. missing the point. Yeah, but no, either's fine. Whatever. EDM is fine. Electronic is a bit wank as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's like techno, ambient, acid house, house I music. Quite like, I quite like the term ambient techno. Yeah. Because that's what it was called when I was, like, first getting into it. It was known as ambient techno, so I quite like that. Yeah. Um, I actually read something online about EDM, or electronic dance music. It's apparently ranked as the third most popular musical genre. So there's me thinking, oh, this, this might be only uh, of interest to a small, narrow portion of my audience. But, you know, it's the third most popular musical genre in the world. After rock and pop, it's then, like, electronic dance music. So, you know, this, it's, it's got huge appeal all around the world. So there's no reason why large swathes of my audience won't be interested to hear about you know the release of um you know an, an album in this genre so there you go there's the justification so how did this actually happen how did you end up getting a record deal well it's not really a deal it's just one album is it but i just sent some demos out in the old-fashioned way i only sent out about two or three actually and luckily one of them went for it but the first guy i sent it to was another label that i'm into which is all vinyl and he didn't, he said, look, we're chocker, we're full. But he said, it's really good and it's worth sending out. So I thought, well, that's pretty positive. So I will, I will continue. And yeah. I think the second person I sent it to was like, yeah, you, if you got anything else out, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, oh, that sounds interesting. And then his name's um, Martin. And then after a couple of emails back and forth, he said, do you want to do a, an album? Actually, he said, have you got an hour's worth ready? And I hadn't, and I said yes anyway. <laughs> right, yeah, it was a good I, idea. I mean, I, I would have, I could have get, got something together, but as as you start listening to it, you're like, oh, this needs to be better, this needs to be better. So it always, it's always takes longer than you think because you start to self-edit a, a bit. Mm -hmm. I probably did have an hour's worth, but as soon as I started listening to it, I was like, okay, that needs to be better. Anyway, so that that was that, and um, it's quite a little scene. I mean, this label I've been interested in for a while. The, the first thing I bought from them was this guy called Caius. Key, I think that's how you say K E I W -S, S. Mm. And he had just a picture disc, a vinyl picture disc with a picture of a electron syncat on it or something. Which what's is that? A, it's a sort of sampler synth type thing. Oh, I thought it was a cat. I thought it was a type ah, of cat. Ah, syncat, like an electric cat. <laughs> The design really appealed to me, listened to it, really liked it, and bought it. And then a couple of years later, I got the opportunity to do the same thing. Okay. All right, cool. And so it was released um, last Friday. Did you have, first like, of first of December? Did you have a lavish and uh, sort of very over-the-top launch party like they do in the music industry? Of course. Well, there was an online stream, which was quite good fun, and uh, I sort of got to take it over for two or three hours. DJing live? Yeah. Well, not live, actually. Pre-recorded sets, because I couldn't really work out... Despite doing all this music stuff, I'm actually not very computer literate. Or literate in general. Well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I'm good at the things I do, but when it's a new thing, I mean, especially I find things like streaming audio from 
one device through another onto the internet is just beyond my abilities. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think I've ever managed to stream a DJ set from my decks. Vinyl to... I mean, it should be really easy, and there's probably loads of people going, oh, it's easy, you just do that, that, and then press that. You know, God. Yeah, that's but, exactly um, what I was just thinking, actually. <laughs> like, just press, just do that, press that, and then, oh, God, it's easy. But anyway, so I didn't want to risk that, so it was pre-recorded, and uh, then we played the album in the middle of the night. Well, in the middle of the evening. And mm. then, <laughs> in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. <laughs> are, you, are you out there? No, we're in bed. The peak time for everyone's just asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and now the um, new album is what? And I had a party in the local skate shop and we got drunk and listened to the album. It was good. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, proper sort of music, biz, rock and roll stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you actually make these tunes then? Can you just go, give us a quick rundown without going into excessive detail? You know, because I mean, as, although it's the third most popular genre of music in the world, we don't want to go into too much detail. But basically, you know, like I go to your place and you've just got all this stuff. It's all connected to itself, all these cables and these different drum machines and synthesizers and, and stuff. How, how, how does it actually work? What, do you, what well, do you actually do? You could show a couple of my YouTube videos on here if you wanted. That's probably one way of explaining it. I've got yeah. loads of videos of me doing this, but I'm just saying you could stick that in the middle of the page somewhere. But for the for the listeners, um, it's I mean I started with a sampler. That's the first thing I got my hands on. So you know I think most people know what samplers are. You take little bits of other people's music usually, or just drum drum sounds. Or I mean they can be legally sourced. Uh, yeah. Mostly they are, actually. Uh, or some, make your own samples from your drum machines or sample packs you could download or, you know, whatever, hit things. And it's the easiest and the best way to get started, really, because you don't need to worry about rigging loads of machines together. It's very efficient. You can apply effects more easily. So mostly it's done on a sampler. A lot of the time what you're trying to do is make sounds you're trying to arrange sounds make sounds and arrange them so you're kind of trying to make interesting sounds by putting effects on things and playing nice chords and tweaking things in unusual ways and then you're arranging them um into sequences into songs or into just simple grooves into ambient abstract forms Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's relatively drum-based, but then there's obviously lots of nice other bits as well. Okay. And maybe I could just direct people to the page for this episode on my website if they want to see a couple of videos where you explain sort of your process for, for how you well, make certain tunes, yeah, I right? I haven't really done that, but... A little bit. Uh, the full-on way of doing it is by getting different machines for different elements and rigging them all together by MIDI or via synchro synchronising clicks. Yeah. So you get them all playing together. You get a drum machine playing the drum groove and you maybe have some different effects on different channels. So you might have a big reverb on the clap, so it's a big echoey kind of sound. You might have some compression on there, which is all running through different pedals, then into your mixer. Then you'd have a big keyboard-type synth that's doing a sort of melody or some pads that's running in synchronization with the drums. And then you'll be putting in some other little synth or making some squidgy noises hopefully complements it all maybe some other effects units and just rigging together as many bits of gear as you can yeah it can take all day to get get it all together how, how you want it 
And then when you got it right, you just press a button and it all just springs into life and will play a really quite complex track. Yeah. And if you know what you're doing, you can make it play from start to finish, you know, just all pre-programmed, or you can kind of jam it live. So you've got a groove going and you're bringing bits in and out and you're kind of affecting sounds and kind of has a bit more of a human feel that way. Mm-hmm. So you can do it a, a various ways. And you can always layer things down and then layer on top of them, like with a four-track I used to have. So you can get a basic groove down and then put layers on over the top afterwards. Yeah, you can also um, sort of change the nature of the sounds these different elements that you've got layering in, you bring them in and bring them out, but you can also change the nature of them, sort of tweaking them, as you say. So especially if it's something like a 303 baseline generator, which makes these squ- amazing squidgy noises, you can kind of tweak those things as they go through the track, which it gives it's the- a life. I mean, it's that kind of stuff is definitely live. I mean, you can't really... You can't program that, can you? you? You could, but it would it wouldn't be worth it. I mean, the half the half the feel of it is the human mixed with the computer. Yeah, like some sort of cyborg from the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, how do people get this album? Because some people definitely will want to get it because the fans okay. of the genre, you know, the th- third most popular musical genre in the world. So, you know, at least thirty percent of the of the earth are going to want to buy this album what well if you've if you've ever enjoyed my music episodes do me a favor and just get this album yeah you can you <laughs> can right. download it in any format you want or you can as buy as it's an mp3 no you can do any format including wav it's on bandcamp touch revolutions you've got the bloody link haven't you hold on a minute hold on a minute i mean no one no one types in links anyway you just type well, in yeah but it's still it's well, tell you what my my um my name is actually very Googleable. Yeah. So if you just type in Glytek Audio Mood Selector, you will find it. That's Glytek Audio, G-L-Y-T-E-K, Audio Mood Selector. Just Google that and it will take you to the Bandcamp page, uh, touchedrevolutions.bandcamp.com slash album slash mood dash selector it'll take you there and then you can you can download it digitally uh, or you can stream it there or you can also buy a compact disc version of this it is available on compact disc it's limited edition but that's possible too all right yeah get it there's only 150 of them in the world be nice to sell out because then i might get asked to do another one exactly so just basically out of sympathy i'm saying go on buy another one yeah, even if you don't like electric, if you're in that 60... Especially if you don't like it. I mean, you need to convince yourself because it's good music. So if, even if you, definitely if you don't like electronic music, buy it. And if you yeah. do, buy it. If you've heard James's music before and you definitely didn't like it, <laughs> you should certainly buy the album because the, how else are you going to change your mind if you don't actually own a copy and listen to it, you know? So I think even if you don't like it, you should buy it. If you don't want to buy it, you should definitely buy it. <laughs> and if you, if you do want to buy it, well, obviously you've probably already bought it, in fact. So excellent, nice one. And that's, you know, that's all going to help, isn't it? It's going to help the world. Something funny happened the other day. I was on YouTube actually chatting to a fellow nerd yeah. about drum machines and stuff. And I did a sort of little very quick tutorial video because someone said, oh, I don't understand how to do this, you know, so I just showed them how to do it. And this guy I've been chatting to lives in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, Was like, I just listened to your tutorial and I noticed that Luke from Luke's English Podcast commented on one of your last videos, Mm. which is true because you had. Yeah. 
And he said, your voice sounds really familiar. Are you who I think you are? And you're like, I don't know, who do you think I am? <laughs> yeah, that is what I wrote, actually. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he recognised me from your podcast. He's a listener. Well, of course he is. Everyone listens to this, or at least 33. <laughs> no, he's not a listener. He's a lepster. Yeah. Everyone listens to this podcast, James. They all do. So it's kind of weird. So we'd been kind of chatting online a few times. Yeah. And then he realised that he was a fan of your podcast. And, and you as well. You probably thought, oh my God, I'm talking to the great James Thompson. He did say that he enjoyed the ones... I think his name Yeah, I've checked. His name is Christian. Hello, Christian. Hello, Christian. Uh, if you're listening to this. Hello. Uh, he makes um, sample packs, good ones, with the aid of AI. All right. Nice I think one. it's control hard, but it, if I'm going to give him a plug, I'd better check what it is. All right. You're, you're just checking what his uh, actual username is. His on handle. His, his avatar or whatever on YouTube is. I think mm -hmm. it's control random. C control like C-O-N-T-R-O-L and then the word random. But while you're looking for that, while you're looking for his actual username yeah. on YouTube. That's happened to me as well in the past where, for example, I was like not long ago, I was interviewing new students at the school where I work, like people who've just like come to the British Council because they want English lessons. And they, before they go into class, they need to be interviewed to get a level check so that they're put in the right class. Okay. Yeah. And so I was interviewing this, this woman, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I, I said to her, by the way, you know, what do you do to improve your English? Do you like listen to any podcasts or anything? And she was like, yeah, I do. I listen to, uh, I listen to podcasts and I listen to actually, wait a minute, are you Luke from Luke's English Podcast? I was like, yes, I am, as a matter of fact. Yes, that's me. And she said, well, I definitely don't listen to your podcast. No, she didn't say that. She said, wow, I, I listen to your podcast. Oh, this is amazing. Fantastic. And I was like, oh, well, yes. And the other day I was teaching a lesson. I had a student in there that I'd never met before. And I was talking to them and I leaned over his table to, uh, he asked me a question. And then he said, oh, I, I watched your episode about ChatGPT. And I was like, oh, no, great, nice one. So that does happen to me too. Sometimes I've, I've even had students in my classes who didn't realise it was me until like a few weeks in, you know, when I actually said to them, oh, yeah, by the way, everyone, I've got a podcast for learners of English. It's called Luke's English Podcast. And one girl went ah! like that. And, uh, and I said, what, are you all right? And she said, it's, it's you. And I was like, oh, yeah, you've only just realised? Mm -hmm. So that does happen quite a lot, you know, because at least 33% of the world, you know, all those people who like electronic dance music, they also listen to Luke's English podcast. You see, maybe there's a, maybe there's a link because we've done these episodes, we've promoted the genre so much that, you know, hip hop and heavy metal, they don't stand a chance because of all the, you know, all of the um, airtime that we've given to this genre. So, did you find Christian's YouTube yeah, account? It, it is control random, but it's without any um, vowels. So, C-N-T-R-L, random with no vowels? Correct. R-N-D-M. Yep. Yeah, all right. Hello, Christian. Control, ran control random <laughs> on, uh, on YouTube. Yeah. He makes, he makes sample packs. Okay, nice one. Sample with the packs. aid of AI, which I don't really understand. He he must have an AI. You sure, it's AI, and it's not just a guy called Al. No, it's AI. <laughs> the aid of Al, mysterious Al. No. Uh, um, so I guess he he 
he asks AI to create sounds like snare sounds in the style of Aphex Twin and stuff, and it will do. Oh, that's good, isn't it? All right. But it makes, makes good sample packs. So, Glytek Audio, Mood Selector, it is available now for streaming, for download in various file formats, or for limited edition CD Digipack. Go ahead and just Google the name of the album and you oh, should and find it. What else about this album, Luke? Track three? Track three? Is there something special about that track? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, you've, there's a sample of my daughter in there isn't there we should play it now you can play a bit if you want so oh. you, you can insert a bit here selector selector that's my daughter that is um the vocal featuring she, she, she luke's didn't daughter get, she didn't even get a credit no, no royalties. No royalties, like no, no writing credit. You're having a laugh. Mm, you might she be hearing it. from her lawyer. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> no, it's so cute because when um, we visit, basically when we all get together at our parents' place, including you and your girlfriend and our parents, me, my wife and kids, that you and my daughter kind of collaborate on these musical projects. You both get up fairly early, a little bit earlier than the rest of us. Maybe you we'll, could play one of those as well in a sec because there's yeah. Yeah. quite funny ones aren't there some yeah funny, okay like, if you've got them somewhere well actually that reminds me that i think you two actually made a, a jingle for this podcast for whenever you're on the show and i've forgotten to use it the last few episodes so i have to bring that back maybe i'll use it at the beginning of this episode listeners so if you'll hear a little musical jingle um announcing the presence of james on the podcast that's something that james and my daughter came up with together so you guys get up in the morning quite early and sometimes i'll come downstairs to get my cup of tea and you're in the living room and then my daughter was like listen to this and you've you've made some piece of music with her with her vocals on the top little house tune or something yeah like a funky little house tune with her singing on it and it's genuinely good as well so yeah so she's she's on the album uh, on track three so there you go folks another reason why you you have to purchase this album to not only yeah. support the musical career of my brother but also uh, my daughter as well and just you know basically help the family helping that's the that's the, the purpose of this podcast is simply just to try and get the world to uh, uh, um, support my family everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Exactly. So since we're talking together about music, James, and you've released a new album, we thought that we would um, talk about albums, right? And the album, it's, it's, um, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Like, I've, When was it? In the, in the 1950s, 1960s, the album wasn't such a significant thing. You know, singles were really what it was all about in the music industry. And it wasn't until maybe the mid 60s, probably the Beatles, uh, that the album became such a significant product for an artist to produce, for a band to produce. And you think of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, or maybe those other Beatles albums, where the whole al- the album as a whole is a sort of musical statement, right? And um, certainly the Beatles albums, you think of Pink Floyd and, and all those other artists in that similar sort of genre, uh, that the album is, uh, is certainly a, a thing. So let's talk a little bit about albums. Do you remember the very first album that you ever bought? Well, I bought a tape. Does that count? Yeah. It was Happy Mondays, Pills and Thrills and Belly Aches. Ah, classic. Six yeah. ninety nine, I think it was. That's that seems to be quite expensive for probably nineteen ninety one or something. Yeah, well, that's what it was in those days. You're one of these people who likes to leave the labels on, which irritates me. So you'll buy it all, all the time. Sometimes I do. Sometimes you'll buy a cassette at the shop, and it'll say six ninety nine on it with a yellow sticker or something, and you leave it on. And I'm just like, no, peel that off. Just peel it it's off. A little little memory of where you bought it from, though, isn't it? Fair enough. Thrills and pills and belly aches by the Happy Mondays. What an amazing album! Yeah, superb. That's quite a cool album to have bought as your first album. I think it's sort of heralded in the 90s, didn't it? Yeah, 1990, 1991. I think it might have even been 90. Yeah, produced by Paul Oakenfold. Yeah, it's definitely got a dance element to it. And some of the beats are very kind of loop-based, aren't they? Yeah, but yeah, It's yeah. just beautiful production and the songs are ace and the vibe was strong and it's just fantastic group. It's an excellent album, and it's he got... really kind of whipped them into shape for that one. The kind of having it all synchronized, like a dance beat, you know, like a sort of like a house track. Yeah, really suited them because they could be a bit sort of sloppy. Yeah, uh, which is you know kind of nice in its own way. On the previous album, Bummed is totally different, and it's a lot more murky and live drums and nowhere near as kind of tight and you know up front. And it really makes a difference, and it makes the whole thing kind of brighten up. And yeah. um, it's really, it's, it's, it's kind of dirty and dancey and kind of groovy, but it's also very poppy and, you know, very catchy. Yeah, there are some really good little guitar riffs and guitar licks in there, as well as like the kind of uh, acid house piano sounds and things like that. It's a really... Rowetta's, Rowetta's kind of soulful vocals as well over the top of stuff really helps. Yeah. Yeah, it really is an excellent, excellent album. And, of course, Sean Ryder's lyrics are, are just really, really good. I mean, he's kind of like... Uh, I mean, he's got to be one of the best lyricists that we've had in the last few decades, right? He's, he's brilliant. He's great. I mean, I've got... I was thinking we could do an episode on the Happy Mondays, but that would be probably a bit excessive. Well, yeah, I've because a, because they were his, a very they were very excessive, weren't they, as a group? They were. I've got a book of his lyrics. If you can just hang on a second, I'll just grab it. Just as okay. a couple of examples. But it's a proper kind of poetry book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faber and Faber. You know, right. British canon of uh, poets. He's up there. 
Yeah, yeah. Just because so. the book happens to have a fluorescent yellow cover doesn't mean anything. It's uh, it's a valid <laughs> poetry book. Hang on a sec. Yeah. So, listeners, so J- while James is going to get this book, we are listening. We're talking about the the group, the Happy Mondays. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, right? Some people are like, yeah, of course we have. But some some other people listening to this will be like, the what? Yeah, the Happy Mondays, and they were a group from Manchester probably most famous in the 1990s they emerged in the 80s recorded a few albums and they were very excessive meaning that there was a lot of hedonism involved and it's the it's the manchester music scene of the 80s and 90s and you think of the hacienda nightclub and all of the excessive things that that in, involves and um i mean partly the story was told in that film that james and i always managed to mention when we talk about music which is the film 24 hour party people a michael winterbottom film with uh, Steve Coogan in it and that does tell the story of a, of a record label called Factory Records which was based in Manchester and they signed the Happy Mondays as well as Joy Division and a few other bands and stuff and so that, that kind of tells the story so that's a great film by the way which you definitely should check out 24 Hour Party People um, so I was, just, of, I was just I was just filling everyone in a little bit on some details about who the Happy Mondays were uh, and I, of course I managed to mention 24 Hour party people which we always seem to mention whenever we do a podcast together um it's basically the best film ever made so that's fair enough <laughs> um all right go on give us some sean Ryder lyrics then some poetry right, what do you want what do you want do you want do you want i don't know it's cop god's cop I read it should i read it in a sean style or should i read it in a uh, poetry style i think you should read it in a serious poetry style Hmm, I'm not sure if this should, is going to work. No, no. Read it, read it in whatever style you think is going to make, the, make it work. Okay. God's cop. I can virtually do anything I read. Someone somewhere swam between your knees. Hand me out fish. Did some big teas. Oh, man, did you fuck it? Baby brother, I took it. Then I piffle, pilfered the bag for the Amex gold. Then I pilfered the bag for the Amex gold. Because the Lord Chief Constable knows I'm owed. And everybody said, I told you so. God made it easy, God made it easy on me, God made it easy on me. Because me and the chief got soul to soul, me and the chief got slowly stoned, me and the chief got soul to soul, me and all the chiefs got slowly stoned. I like it and I want it and I just don't need to stop it, because me and all the rich got mobile homes, homes, me and all the rich got mobile phones, bones. God made it easy on me. What's all that about? What's that about? Well, the good thing is at the bottom... He explains some of these. Mm. So the explanation is God's Cop is pretty much about James Anderson, the chief of Manchester police in the early 80s and early 90s, who thought he could do what he liked, and he claimed that God was talking to him. Really? It's hard to believe now, but the chief of Manchester police was actually going around telling people that God was talking to him. He believed that he was acting on God's orders. It seems mental looking back that the chief of police would come up with some nonsense like that and keep his job, but somehow seemed to fit in with the madness in Manchester at the time. Wow, I didn't know that. I knew it was about the chief of police, but I didn't realise that he was he was on some sort of mission from God. That is very Specific interesting. Person, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So, thrills and pills and belly aches. The first album you ever bought, which is which gives you a lot of cred, a lot of credibility. I've still got it somewhere. Yeah, I know the cassette. Yeah, I've I've I kind of borrowed that tape lots of times. And the artwork's brilliant on all the Happy Mondays as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called Grand Central Design, I think. 
um, they're really nice. There's sweet rappers on the album, so there's uh, like English or British sweet rappers on one side. <clears throat> And American ones on the other. When you say sweet rappers, you mean like in American English, candy, candy rappers. Yes, yeah. candy bars, sweets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. And it's just a good one. So my first, I think the first album I ever bought, if you want to know, I mean, do you, do you want to know? What was the first album you uh, the first, hey, it's, it's, it's uh, funny that you ask. I was just about to say. So the first album I ever bought, I think, was... Um, Emergency on Planet Earth by Jamiroquai. Yeah. And he decided to solve that emergency by buying loads of supercars. <laughs> he did, didn't he? So that first album, that Jamiroquai album, yeah, it's all for, about environmental issues and about saving the planet. And you're right, within three albums, like literally the third album after that is, is essentially the, the Lamborghini logo. And it's all about driving really fast cars around. So, so much for the environment, uh, Jamiroquai. But the album's good. Like the first three Jamiroquai albums are really good. What do you think of Jamiroquai? I could do without his Rowling. <laughs> do you remember that? You came up with JK Rowling. Rowling is the thing that JK does. That sort of funny dancing that he does where he moves his feet around the floor and like... Walking sort of, sideways and stuff. Walking around the furniture. Yeah, that's Rowling. It's like a Rowling, picture. Of, yeah. You just find a picture of JK Rowling. If you Google... That's it. If you, if you go on Wikipedia and you search for JK Rowling, it, you get to that page where it says, do you mean the author of the Harry Potter books or do you mean this picture of JK Rowling? Mm. In in the virtual insanity video, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's all right. I mean, I've, I've I've tapped my foot along to Cosmic Girl many a time. I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's it's. I wouldn't go out and buy it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick it up if it was free either. Um, mm. No, it's all right. It's it's. It had its place, didn't it? The nineties was fun and it fitted in. And it's kind of like your gateway drug into proper funk, wasn't it? Uh, sort of, yeah. But it, I certainly like the music. I mean, I love that type of music. That I mean, kind of, how can you not? It's really well done. Yeah. And his band, his band were amazing. Again, the first three albums, they're all excellent. And especially the bass player. His bass player was just ridiculous. Yeah. And they um, used to say he sounded a bit like Stevie Wonder, but I didn't really think he did that much. A little bit, yeah. He a was a sort bit. of he was a sort of like condensed version of Stevie Wonder, Sly Stone from Sly and the Family Stone, and maybe you know a few other sort of similar sort of uh, soul funk artists who either he was influenced by or he completely ripped off, you know. Um, so I, I don't know, but anyway, that was the first album I ever bought, I think, and uh, listened to it a lot. Uh, love love that album. Um, do you have? I mean, I'm, I, I'm I feel reluctant to ask you what's your favourite album of all time because it's a really difficult question. But if I did ask you what your favourite album of all time was, what would you say? It's really tough. Um, there's three that come to mind. Mm -hmm. um, Santana. Yeah. Um, a Braxis, that one. Braxis. Yeah. The sort of. It's just a perfect album, really. Yes. Like, it does work as an album. Like, it just sounds like you should put it on at the start and it just flows all the way through to the end. Yes, yes, and it just yes. reminds me of just... It's just such a good mood. To, I was talking about Mood Selector. It's such a good mood around it. It's just... The vibe is just right on that album. Yes. And it's not too aggressive. It's not too 
heavy, but also it's got some sort of grit to it, and it's really soulful, and it's got loads of stuff going on, and it's quite psychedelic, but it's not silly. It's, yes, um, it's it's just excellent all round, and it sounds good even on the crappiest of pressings. You know, there's lots of copies around. Some of them aren't that well pressed, and it still sounds really good. It doesn't need to be on a double album. I don't buy all this. Everything has to be on a double album these days. Mm-hmm. It's just the record companies getting more money out of you. Like, I'm right. quite happy with this, uh, an album. You know, two sides. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this. Oh, it's got to be a special edition on coloured vinyl and you've got to have two discs. It's like, no, that's a pain in the ass. Just Yeah, yeah. you have to keep getting up and changing Braxis the vinyl. It's perfectly fine on the cheap pressing on one, you know, one side each, each side. Yeah. And it just reminds me of a lot of, like, good red wine and, you know, sort of good pizza or something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like a good Friday night, stay in, get a nice bottle of red wine and order a good spicy pizza and listen to Abraxas with a couple of, <laughs> a couple of friends. Yeah. Yeah, you it's can't some, go wrong. They're not even my favourite band or anything. And their other albums, are, although they're really good, they're not quite up there. It's interesting. one, really. It's interesting, isn't it, how certain albums just seem to hit the right spot at the right moment. Like the conditions were just right when they recorded it. That particular selection of songs, the personnel on the album and the playing on the album all just sort of come together in just the right way. And it's just a really nicely rounded um, thing to listen to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So that comes to mind. Um, Sex Pistols, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Mm -hmm. Sex Pistols. Because it's kind of a perfect rock rock and roll album for me. Yeah, yeah. And it always gives me a buzz, you know. Yep. Starts at the start. It kind of gives you a kind of a, a kick, you know. It's quite aggressive and quite nasty at the beginning, and by the end, I think the last track is EMI. Yeah. Which is just the funniest one, and it <laughs> leaves just leaves you just just laughing almost like. It's, yeah. It's just a really solid piece of work. Yeah. And um, it's kind of the ultimate rock and roll album in some ways for like that kind of rock and roll, you know, kind of gritty. The guitar tone is just fucking great. Mm. The balance is really good. The drums are really good. The vocals are like nothing else anyone's ever done. Yeah. Um, And the lyrics are completely next level. Totally amazing. And funny, you know, yeah. it's not it's not taking itself too seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun, it's enjoyable, it's making a point, it's nasty, it's, you know, <coughs> but it's witty. Yes, yes, yes. Um, intelligent, and also stupid. Um, mm. It's great, it's just, never get bored of it. But if we're talking about a desert island situation, it might be a bit aggressive <clears throat> to have that as your only album. No, you couldn't just listen to that for the rest of time. So I think it's you? down to Abraxas and <clears throat> Ambient Works 1 by Aphex Twin. Oh, Selected Ambient Works. Selected Ambient Works Volume 1. 1985 to 1992. Yeah, yeah. I, think, is, I mm-hmm. think I'd just miss that so much if I didn't have it. Um, it would probably override all other albums, probably. 
Yeah, that's um, that's definitely one of my favourites as well because it's um, it's just fits every single situation. Like literally, I can fall asleep to it if I if I want to. Uh, I can work with it on. It's really good driving music. Um, it's it's music you can have on the in the background when you've got people around, and also you could dance to it as well. You know, it could be party music to an extent. Yeah, and there's a few dark tunes on there which are kind of nicely weird enough, so it doesn't all feel too fluffy. Yeah. And there's enough fluffy tunes where you can wake up to it. Like, it's a really good morning album. Yeah, and, and by, saying, by saying that there's darkness in it too, I guess you mean that there's, like, a certain amount of depth to it, right? It covers a variety of moods, mm. moods yeah. and, uh, and sort of um, feelings and stuff. And, and there's a, a hell of a lot of space in there as well, like really interesting ambient space, yeah, which um, is... I feel like it's like a, a mentally healthy album. I listen to it all the time, and it always kind of clears my mind, makes me feel good, you know? It's got something very special about it that I don't really understand. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, and also the production. I think it was all mixed down to tape, mm. like cassette tape. So there's a couple of the tracks you can hear the tape kind of wo- wobbling a little bit. Yeah. You know when tapes get a little bit crunched up and they kind of go... <laughs> slightly. Yeah. They sound a bit muffled for a second. It does that in a couple of places. And when you mix things down to tape, it compresses them in a very kind of silvery kind of... I mean, the Beatles used to talk about it, didn't they? I mean, something about the medium of tape that has a certain quality to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of shiny, soft, shiny but papery at the same time. It's very hard to explain, but it gives everything a certain grain, a bit like a film photograph. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Has got that grain. It's not pixels. If you zoom into a film photograph, you'll never get pixels. Um, to a negative, it's you'll just get more and more grain until it's just pure yeah. grain and soft. Just, so there's no there's no sort of digitization. I mean, there is at some point in that process, but the album was mixed down to a tape, so it's got that grainy analog and an, analog quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. And it's drenched drenched in reverb, which is very kind of. I don't know what kind of reverb is used, but it's very kind of, um, how would you describe it? It's I just mean, a, it's atmospheric. It's like taking dust, a... It's kind of dusty almost, or sort of like it's, you can sort of, it's got texture to it. The reverb isn't super clean. It's kind of a sort of textured grain, graininess again. It's like being in a wonderful, relaxing spa, a big, a huge empty and relaxing spa which is in the middle of a of a of a desert <laughs> right and yeah. there's large windows all around the spa while you're relaxing in this pool um and you, out the windows you see sort of like sand blowing over the sand dunes it's kind of like that is it uh, yes maybe hmm this is a conversation i mean uh, yes uh, <laughs> i like um in the Motorhead documentary, you've got you've got um, Jarvis Cocker, your mate Jarvis, talking mm. about Motorhead, and he said it's like being in it's like being in some sort of wind, but there's like it's like it's like being in a wind, but there's there's a grain in it as well, and he's like that's it, it's like standing in a sandstorm. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Motorhead's like. It's like being in a sandstorm. Yeah, this is what Aphex Twin's first album. It's like being in a swimming baths. Where there's like all that reverb. Sandstorm outside. 
Yeah, there's like children playing at the other end of the swimming baths, and you can hear their reverb, the reverb laughing and conversation from very high the, ceiling. Yeah, very very high ceiling, and lots of shiny glass windows and you know shiny surfaces. And then outside, there's a sandstorm. <laughs> yeah, but but you're safe inside. But you're very safe inside. In fact, <laughs> you're, you're feeling better than you've felt for ages because you're in a spa slash swimming pool uh, complex. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> But there is a sandstorm raging outside. Well, not a raging sandstorm, more maybe just like the beginnings of a gently, sandstorm. Gently wafting up against the, the windows. Yeah, uh, maybe a sunset over the desert or something like okay, that. Yeah. Okay, on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah, could be. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, when we were growing up, we were quite lucky because our parents had a fa- fairly large vinyl record collection. And um, at some point, we both started to investigate it and sort of discovered a few things in there, a few classic albums and stuff. Um, do you, what's your favourite album that you found in our parents' record collection? Can you think? Oh, God, there were so many. Um, one that I do quite a lot. I mean, it's not the best, but I'll just think of a couple. Yeah. That Status Quo box set. St- wait. With the, really, with the really early Status Quo stuff on it. Status Quo, this is like, they're kind of like, uh, yeah, this kind of classic dad rock group from the 70s and 80s and the 60s. Yeah, but the 60s stuff is great. I absolutely love early Status Quo. Uh-huh. And... Um, there's a song called In My Chair, which is really good. It's kind of a psychedelic blues kind of tune. Yeah. But um, sung by some sort of London geezers. Um, well, not that geezerish, but you know what I mean. It's yeah. got a sort of Londonese kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, compared, and- to, compared to the sort of Californian psychedelia of the yeah. late 60s, which was all very kind of... Yeah, uh, I don't know how to describe like the Lon- London rock music from the same period had a bit more grit to it, right? Because the weather yeah. wasn't as nice. Yeah, it's less happy. It's a bit more cynical. It's a bit more grumpy. Um, it's it's just a bit more English, really. Um, right. But I heard a good story about they changed their style when um, they were in America on tour and they saw. They were in some weird club somewhere, and the Doors, um, Morrison Hotel was playing. Wait, the the album, the album, yeah, the Morrison oh, Hotel, the record, the record was playing um, Roadhouse Blues, I think it is by the Doors. Yeah, and there was this couple dancing in the dance floor, and they just said the whole scene was just so cool. Yeah, they were like, "We should start making music like this, man. This is way cooler than the stuff we're making." Because they were making kind of pop psychedelia. Like kind of flower power pop stuff, yeah, right? A bit like Spinal Tap's early stuff. Yeah, listen to the flower people. Well, not quite, not quite. <laughs> but um, features of Matchstick Men. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of pop psychedelic, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. And then they went for a more of a rock and roll feel after they did that tour of America, and they went down sort of I don't know where they were, but they decided to go a bit more rootsy rock and roll kind of blues blues kind of face but then that turned into quite cheesy the 80s status quo which were hugely successful but maybe not quite as interesting that was kind of like pub rock really wasn't it well sort of yeah um denim rock yeah they wore a lot of denim but it was huge it was massive it was wasn't it 
I mean, they opened massive. Live Aid. That's where people might know them from, the opening of Live Aid, if anyone remembers that. Probably wasn't such a big deal around the world as it was in the UK. But it no, was it, was, deal in the UK. it was a big deal in the UK. Yeah, 1985, Live Aid, a big charity concert um, in order to raise money to help starving children in uh was it ethiopia and um yeah all the biggest names in rock music got together there was a concert in london and another one in america and uh yeah um uh, a, lot state- of, a lot of that stuff seems quite outdated now because they're kind of just throwing money at stuff oh yeah but well yeah they got also, critis- not, not all the money goes to the right people and yeah it's kind of this whole thing of like white people go to save you know, poor, starving people, and they made out... I mean, people got the impression that the whole of Africa was like that as well. Yes, it was maybe more about the egos of the artists involved, saying, hey, look at this, we're saving the world. Whereas, actually, when you got down to the sort of the the street level of it, yeah, the money that they raised just went to the sort of leaders of those countries, and often they were like military leaders who were really corrupt. Allegedly. uh, Allegedly, yeah. (laughs) And then uh, not a lot of that money actually ended up um, helping out the the poor starving people although having said that a lot of it did a lot of it it a lot of it definitely did you know they really did do a lot but i suppose the issue is that they were kind of treating the symptoms rather than treating the cause of the uh, of the famine and anyway it's very complicated but still you know it's a a, a good thing to do i mean it's a worthwhile well-intentioned very very well-intentioned yeah yeah Uh, but anyway they uh, status quo opened that concert and there's famous footage which people can see on on youtube and stuff of uh, queen uh, performing there notably like freddie mercury one of his greatest performances and you see princess diana in the audience like really enjoying it she loved status quo um <laughs> yeah 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 so the, so the, another one i can think of just yeah. quickly is that neil Innes track them is it called oh yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so there was a, a neil Innes album called off the record um I think it was off the record or on the record because there's actually two Neil Innes albums off of on the record and off the record and it's basically an album uh, two albums of songs that were featured in his extraordinary television program which was basically a series of music videos but the albums and that particular album absolutely brilliant and certainly one of my favorite albums of all time and it's all these songs in these different genres but Neil Innes's uh, musical uh, like so- his songwriting was just amazing. Uh, you know, I, I actually put him up there with the Beatles in terms of like how much I like his, his songs, but there's that one track. Yeah. Called them. Mm, how do you describe it? The the story of evolution. Yeah. But told in a very weird sort of way about how these, cre- it sort of like describes this massive sweep of history of like describing creatures that come out of the ocean and come onto the land and learn to like breathe the air and then they feed on each other, you know. And, Without um, malice or remorse. Yeah, yeah. All And the whole time there's this sort of awesome um, music. Like Ron the Eno-esque kind of synth wash. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the song actually disturbs me. And when I was a kid listening to that song, it used to scare me. And it still does have that sort of effect. It kind of disturbs me. Something about the 
uh, how to how to describe huge it? Passage of time that it describes so the, well. Exactly the huge passage of time that it describes, and the the kind of yeah the the remorselessness of uh, uh, of life and its pursuit for survival, sort of thing. Yeah, amazing, absolutely, absolutely amazing piece of work. Yeah, and it's, mm. mm-hmm. it starts out. They came in. What is it? They came in countless countless numbers. numbers. Yeah, hold on. Let's see if I can find it. I'm just finding it. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to read it to, to you. They came in countless numbers, without hope, without hopelessness, on jelly limbs, faceless, crawling out of the living sea. The green world welcomed them. It sweetened the air for them. And above all, the sun warmed them and dried them. By night, in dreamless sleep, the new life filled them, piping strange harmonies in the blood, fusing the beginnings of bones. Then hunger awoke them, and sleepy, with a sense of being, they arose and moved inland, fulfilling their newfound needs. They called out to one another. The winds carried their cries over mountains, through forests, across deserts and oceans. Great distances were travelled. The strong devoured the weak, the quick devoured the slow, the cunning devoured the foolish. They fed on each other without malice or remorse. Their purpose was survival. Life was their achievement. They formed into groups. Some took to the air, some burrowed underground, and some returned to the water. From ice cap to ice cap, the globe rang with their cleverness, and with each turn gave them meaning. Well, that's inspired stuff. That really is. Okay. Well, James, we talked about various albums and stuff. Um, yeah. Including your own album. Uh, I think we should probably stop now because how can we... Yeah, let's, let's how, keep, it, keep it brief. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but thanks for talking to us. And remember, listeners, Glytek Audio, Glytek, Glytek Audio, Mood Selector, Google it, buy it, and just make the world that little bit better. Okay, all right, for James, and by by consequence, hopefully, maybe that will send out a ripple into the universe, that you know, just to just push things in a more positive direction, and you can start by buying this album. There you go. (laughs) Save the world. (laughs) Save the world today and buy Mood Selector by Glytek Audio. Cheers, Luke. All right, thanks to you too. All right, everyone. All right, see you next time. Okay, cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. So that was my brother there talking about his new album, which is available now. Did you get the message? I think so. And uh, so here we are at the end of the episode. I'm going to do a little bit of a ramble here. Uh, You listened all the way through to the end, um, which is nice of you. I really hope this was interesting for you and that you were sort of, you know, engaged and interested by the topic of conversation. And I wonder how much uh, of this actually meant anything to you, because... You know, I'm, I'm well aware that I've got people listening to this all over the world, different types of people in different situations. And maybe the, you know, the things that James and I think about and talk about might be a million miles away from the sorts of things that you, you know, think about on a daily basis. So I don't know. 
But uh, are, were you aware of the different bits of music? We talked about those different albums. Um, I wonder if you're aware of that stuff. And what about you? Maybe you could leave a comment uh, describing your favourite albums. So... Um, what was the first album you ever bought? Do you remember? Did you buy it on cassette, CD, uh, vinyl? Did you buy it uh, on some sort of streaming service? What was the first album you ever bought? And what's your favourite album of the moment? It's difficult to answer what your favourite album of all time is. A bit like saying what your favourite film of all time is. But what's just your favourite album at the moment? What, what comes to you as an album that you love to listen to? Um, there you go. And... Are you are you in that sort of? I say it's thirty percent of the world. I don't know. I mean, are you one of those people who um, is a fan of electronic music? Um, you can just you know leave your comments in the comments section. So I don't know if you noticed the recording quality during this episode. It wasn't the best, was it? It, it really wasn't. Now I did mention nearer the beginning of the episode that we were recording this in a very sort of basic way, just using simple USB microphones, ones that plug directly into our computers. And uh, and so that might have accounted for a slight drop in quality. But not only that, I actually had a problem with the recording, okay? So I was recording this one remotely. Obviously, James was in his um, house in London. I was in my apart- my pod room. No, I was actually in my apartment. I recorded that one at home in Paris. So we recorded it over... We didn't use Zoom. We used another remote recording application thing. But there was a problem with it. I actually had a problem with the recording when I went to review the files, the recorded files. James's side of the conversation was corrupted and there was only like eight minutes worth of it, which is an absolute nightmare for a podcaster. If you've just recorded a, a conversation and then you review the results and you realize that one file hasn't worked properly, um, it's terrible. So I had to go back into my online meeting thing and get a backup recording, okay, which is called the... Um, I think they call it a cloud recording. So I had to get the cloud recording, which is significantly lower in quality to the files that I would have received if they'd worked properly. So, you know, pretty low quality um, cloud recording for this episode. Did you notice? And uh, sorry about that, if if it made it difficult for you to hear. James's side of the conversation was certainly a, a lot quieter, and I've tried to repair that in post-production, but there's really only a certain amount that you can do. The cloud recording file was just a single file with both James and me on it, so there, there wasn't that much I could do to repair the difference in volume. But anyway... Um, and like I partly partly um, mentioned that because, as I said at the beginning of the episode, I did talk about uh, the audio quality of episodes and the fact that I'd bought um, some new audio equipment, right? That's what happened when I had to go running down the stairs to meet the delivery guy and then run back up the stairs with a big box. So all that equipment that I bought, I tested it out yesterday afternoon. And you know what? I'm just going to send it all back. <laughs> I'm sending it all back. It's just completely unnecessary. The setup that I've got here in my podcast room is fine. It's totally good enough, I think. I think the quality is decent. And the reason I'm sending all that stuff back is like, well, first of all, I did spend quite a lot of money on on it right it was a, a kind of an impulse purchase like i said i just was i was just started surfing 
surfing the internet. Not that anyone says that anymore. I started looking online at like different bits of audio processing equipment, compressors, preamps, and stuff like that. And I just bought a bunch of stuff. Um, and um, but having tested it out yesterday. I realized, no, this is not significantly better. This is almost the same as my current setup. And my current setup is a lot more simple. I mean, I've got various different parts in my audio chain. I know this is fascinating for you, right? I've got various different elements in there, and I think they do a good enough job. So there was no need for me to shell out a bunch of cash for extra stuff that took up even more room. Um, when it really was already fine. So that's all going to get sent back. Um, so that was completely unnecessary. And so while I was running down the stairs um, to to pick up that package, James continued talking and I didn't hear that bit. But having reviewed this episode, I did hear the stuff that James said. And it, well, first of all, he said that I only wear Levi's clothing, which is only partially true. I do wear clothes from other shops as well, notably uh, places like Uniqlo. I think it basically at any given time, I'm basically wearing Levi's and Uniqlo clothing. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I like to keep it simple. But also he, he said that Sometimes, so he said that he enjoyed uh, having these conversations with me, but he thought that sometimes he would be quite happy just to have a conversation with me without recording it, which made me think, oh, right, okay, maybe, uh, maybe I should just call him sometimes and just have a conversation without feeling the need to record it and then publish it for the entire world to listen to. Um, so that's something to bear in mind. Maybe in the, in the future, I can just call him like a normal person speaks to another person without having to record everything. I do have a sort of, what's the word for it? I do feel compelled. I do feel the urge to just record all my conversations, uh, which is, I suppose, a little bit strange. Uh, but then again, then again, you know, you, my listeners, you d you get to hear these things. So I don't know. What do you think? Shall I just in the future just call my brother and just have a normal conversation like normal humans do? Or should I record our conversations again in the future? Maybe I can do a bit of both. You know, maybe I can just be I can just talk to him like n normal people do. And then every now and then also do recordings. That's probably the best uh, way to do that. Um, so yeah, this episode actually was a, was an unplanned episode and James asked me just the day before we recorded. So we recorded this two days ago. I'm publishing this today, the day that I'm recording this ending part. So a couple of days ago, James just texted me and said, do you reckon you would be able to do some sort of promotion for, um, for the new album? Would you be able to mention it on the podcast? And I thought, well, yeah, I could do like a sort of one or two minute mention of the album at the beginning of the episode, like I do sometimes, right? Sometimes before the jingle, I'll mention certain things, just like little announcements. Like, for example, if I say, you know, go and see Paul Taylor at his show, you can get the tickets from his website or this, that or the other. But because recently I've got so many other, like I, I needed to promote James's album as soon as possible because I think the the guy who runs the record label is his name Martin um, I think Martin had 
spoken to James and said, you know, we need to do some promotion for this. Do you know any way that you can you can do that as soon as possible? And so obviously James considered this podcast because, you know, everyone in the world listens to this, don't they? And I've, I have so much influence over global affairs, right? Um, that he automatically thought that um, this would be a good place to talk about the album. And so, yeah, because I've, I've already got like um, various pre-jingle announcements um, that I decided, why not just have a whole conversation about this instead? And we can expand the conversation to talk about our favourite albums. Um, so that's that's what happened, right? Um, and um, so there we are. That's That explains this episode, all right? This kind of bonus episode, I suppose. Episode 800 and... What is it? 856? 857 will arrive um, like next week, probably on Wednesday morning, maybe Tuesday morning. We'll see. And that's a two-part episode. Normally, I would uh, publish the whole thing in one single part, but there's like an hour and a half of it. And recently, I've been kind of thinking, maybe I shouldn't be publishing these long episodes as single episodes. This is the, the kind of constant debate that I'm having with myself, which is like, should I be publishing, if I have a long recording, should I publish it as one single episode or should I break it up into several parts? Well, the next one, episode 857 and 858, that's going to be in two parts. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple of guests with me. No, it's not Amber and Paul, but I did have them recently. Those Amber and Paul episodes, two of them will be published in January. But uh, a couple of other guests, a couple of other friends came into the pod room recently and we recorded a long episode together. So that's going to be published in two parts. Uh, first part arriving Tuesday or Wednesday next week. And then like a couple of days later, you'll get the next part. And then we'll continue. So lots of episodes being published in December. That's just, I don't know why really. I mean, just sometimes, sometimes you just, sometimes you just have lots of stuff to say and it all happens all at the same time, but you don't mind, do you? Especially if you, if you're listening all the way up to this point, then you're probably a, a sort of dedicated Lepster and you're happy to just listen to all the new content. Um, so there, all right. And then as we approach Christmas, I've got a Christmas themed episode planned. Haven't actually recorded it yet, but that's planned. And I've got a kind of end of the year news quiz with Stephen from Send 7 podcast planned again, not recorded. So who knows? You never know. There might be some sort of force majeure, some sort of act of God, which means that that doesn't, doesn't actually happen. Um, so I don't mean to get your hopes up or anything, but just a little idea, a little hint, a little flavour of, of what you can expect uh, for the rest of December. A few more episodes and then I'll be on holiday, but hopefully I'll have enough stuff in the bank to um, to automatically publish a couple of episodes while I'm away on my Christmas holiday. And then I will be back in the saddle uh, in January to continue podcasting uh, into 2024. And that will be my 15th year of Luke's English podcast. Yes. Okay, listeners. So thank you so much for listening to this point. And uh, thank you to James for his contribution to this episode. And I look forward to reading your comments. And don't forget, Glytek Audio Mood Selector. Just Google it and uh, you can get your own copy. Uh, okay. All right. Good. Speak to you next time then. Uh, but for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 
Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.